0: We're in week two of a series that we're going to be talking about throughout Lent. And this series is called Cultivating and Letting Go. It's a journey that we're all on, right? Everyone's followed through with your Lenten discipline of letting go of something, you haven't had any cheat days at all, although you are given a Sabbath day. If you don't know what I'm talking about, traditionally Christians throughout the Lenten season will give up something. So you might have Roman Catholic friends who don't eat fish on Fridays and they go get fish, ta- uh, fish tacos or the fish sandwiches from McDonald's or, you know, so if you grew up in the Midwest, they never even served uh, meat on Fridays because there's so many Catholics in my area that I grew up in. Anyway, your Lenten journey is giving up a practice, but we also believe it's not just about giving something up, but about cultivating new growth in us. And, and that's the thing that's really hard for us is that we often like to pick up new things and new opportunities, new activities, new stuff in life. But you know what? If you look in many of our closets or in our houses, you'll know that we're really bad at letting go of stuff, right? You know, we're really bad about clearing out the stuff that has built up over the years. And those closets full of stuff in our houses is really just symbolic of what we often tend to do in our lives, right? Pick up more and do more and add things without learning to let go. And, and we hold this tension in ourselves, don't we? Uh, you know, we try to have all these expectations about who we are. Although a, a wise person said to me once is that, Brian, you cannot grow if you do not have margins in your life. Brian, you cannot go, grow if you do not have margins in your life. If you don't have a space to reflect, a space to think about how I might change, if you don't have that space in your life, you'll never grow in the ways that you want to. And it's this paradoxical thing in our life that we have to cut things sometimes or let go of things in order that God might grow in us. And I believe that for us, we all have altruistic desires. We all have desires to be better people, to be better versions of ourselves, to be better parents, to be better fathers, mothers. We just are trying to be better. But how often does that go astray, right? It just, just sometimes it seems like we can't meet the expectations that we want. Well, this morning's scripture passage, I think, has something to share with us about what it means to live into those sense of expectations about what we want and about how we might try to be. And it seems really cryptic. This is one of the more cryptic scriptures, I think, in the entire gospel. You know, Jesus starts talking about fox and starts talking about Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill your prophets. And you're like, what in the world is Jesus trying to say here? Well, since we're talking about cultivating and letting go, what better story than a story of a farmer? I I want just to share with you, just if you want to know what it's like to read scripture sometimes, you don't know how to open it, you're really confused, sometimes put yourself last week, I said, in the shoes of someone who's oppressed, because, you know, someone who's been in occupation by another country, I mean, that's the world they lived in. Another shoe that you can put yourself in is just someone who's living a more agrarian lifestyle, a farmer for example, and think what might Jesus's words mean to a farmer. And if you were listening to the scripture and wondering what in the world is it talking about, you might've missed two keywords, Fox and hen, Fox and hen, right? Fox and hen. Because I think for us, many of us, our desire is to be the protector, to care for our children, to care for our communities, to care for our church, right? We try to like step in and do good for those places. And we kind of love this latter portion of the scripture, which is Jesus says, I'm like a mother hen, right? Brings you over the wing. Although I think that for many of us, we confuse the hen with the eagle, which is what we really want to be. Or another phrase would be a mother bear, not a mother hen, right? Because how many times in your life has a child or a loved one, something's gone awry in their life, and you you get up and you're ready to go, right? I've been sharing my journey of coaching Little League soccer with you, right? And so I'll I'll share with you just one of those moments with me is that here I was, was, we have seven and eight-year-olds, and Grayson, my middle child, is seven years old. He is just tenacious, and so he goes after the ball and gets into everything. Even though he's not the biggest guy in the field, he's got the like strong personality. But there he was. He had a breakaway. He was ready to score the goal, and then along comes this other kid and just shoulders him and just like knocks him over on the ground. And of course, at this age, they don't really do fouls and stuff. So there I was, like trying to be like Coach Jeschewski. I love Duke basketball, and you're jumping on the field, being like, What in the world, ref? Who's in sixth grade, by the way? Uh, what in the world, ref? What are you doing? You how'd you miss that? You know, I. I. I didn't do that, but that's what I wanted to, because that's our desire, isn't it? To step in and to protect and to care for those that are in harm's way. And I know for many of us, one of the things that's looming on our mind during this time is Ukraine and the people of Ukraine. And I've had conversations with people who talk about how just, their heart breaks over listening to the stories of children being displaced and of people having to go and seek refuge. And then as they're going and seeking refuge, they're getting bombarded by shells and sirens. And it's just so tragic. And it's so difficult. And it's difficult because we want to come in and just do what Jesus said, right? To bring them under the shadow. over. We want to protect and to help. And that's our goal. I think we desire to do that. Internationally, for people that are hurting and broken, for our own loved ones that are going through a hard time. And, and I say this because I, I want just to build that sense in us, right? That, you know, we're, we sometimes think that we ought to be the bear or the eagle instead of the hen. And I I say that because think about it for a second. Remember, put yourself in the shoes of someone living on a farm. And if someone says to you, go tell that fox to go do whatever he wants to do, right? And then Jesus says, I'm a mother hen and I'm going to care for my flock and gather them under the wing. What would an agrarian person hear? Well, I'll tell you a story of on island, one of our youth that grew up in this church. His name is Austin Tom. And for a while, he was raising chickens up towards the North Shore. And, and some of us, I know, at the church bought his eggs. And at one point, he got like 150 chicks, right? Just like all these chicks. And he was really expanding. And they, they talk about it as the, the Red Weekend, right? Because the Red Weekend, it wasn't the fox that came around. It was the mongoose that came, right? And those of you around the island know a little bit of time. You know, the mongoose around a chicken is not going to end well, right? And it it was a chick massacre, right? And all of these chicks that he had just gotten just did not make it through the weekend. And he was devastated. He was ready to start the farm. He had to wait for weeks. And he just knew the reality that to protect the chicks from the mongoose, did not need the mother hen, right? <laughs> the hen was not going to help that situation. It needed a, like a barricade and like fences and under fences and everything that was needed to keep that mongoose out. And I say that because I think Jesus was intentional about the animal choices in this gospel passage, or at least the writer of Luke was. And it seems simple or like, you know, like uh, you could pass it by so quickly, but I think it is just so important that Jesus tells Herod, the one, by the way, who has all the authority given to him by the Roman Empire for this region to do whatever he feels he ought, and so tells Herod, you fox, go do it. That wasn't a compliment, by the way. (laughs) You fox, go do what you want. I'll be here in my city. And gathering people in. Like God's intention to gather the chicks under their wing. See, I think sometimes we confuse that with that same desire we have to protect, to guard from harm. But the reality is, is that that chick, well, that chick is not going to be much protection against that fox. Right? Right? I mean, it's the reality, right? That chick is not gonna be much protection against that fox if we see protection, if we see protection as harm not happening to us. If we see protection as harm not happening to us. And that's our desire, right? We don't want harm or pain to be caused for any loved one that we have or any people unjustly throughout the world. So our protection that we seek to give is not the protection a mother hen gives the protection that the hawk gives, you know, the looming power and authority that can swoop down and fix the problems. That's the sort of wing we want to be. But instead, God chooses another, a hen. And so what good can a mother hen bring her chicks? If it not protection. Well, a mother hen can surely make Her chicks feel together. A mother hen can surely give her chicks comfort. A mother hen can surely give her chicks love and peace. I mean, just watch. Go out into our beautiful green space, and there is a mother hen with like six chicks, and they're roaming around the Monstera between us and the preschool. And they gather together, and she keeps them close. She will not protect them if a mongoose comes, I promise. But she will make them feel loved. And that is God's desire for each of us. And so Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill your prophets and you throw them out. Because over and over again, God has been pretty clear about something, is that God is usually not in the business of protecting people the way that they ought to be protected. And he sends them out into a wilderness for 40 years, 40 years, that was surely not the feasts and the glamour that they had hoped they would get when they were freed from Egypt. But yet God was with them. And over and over again, they say, we want a king. We want a king. And so God gave them, you know, Saul. But God was hesitant to ever give them a king because he knew that if God knew if God gave them a king, what would they do? Look to the king for protection, to build the walls, to protect its people. But God wants us over and over again to find peace, not through the sword or the walls that we can create, but peace in God's love as mother hen. Because God's people has never had that sort of a protection, when they were exiled in Babylon, and they came back, and the Greeks come in, and then the Romans come in. And then you have people that parade around nowadays, and they say, if you just give the pastor money, God will protect you. <laughs> Don't do that. If you give the church money, God will do good things for you. But God hasn't been in the business of protecting people in that way from keeping them from harm's way. But God has been in the business of being with us. See, because here in this passage, Jesus says the agrarian stuff, but he also, Luke at least, foretells what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be in here for three days, and then I'm gonna go and do my work. Jesus doesn't even protect himself in the end. At least in the way that we would think, in the way for the people of that time, I mean death was the ultimate reality, I mean de- death in that I mean we think about death, and we think of it a lot of times, sometimes it's for us like scary and ultimate reality, but for us, we think of like heaven and you know other places, like afterlife, and that, that in the life of an ancient Jew, it just wasn't on their radar, and so they, for them, when you talked about death, it was done, it was over. And yet, Jesus goes there to that place. I had a professor teaching apocalyptic literature, like in death in the ancient times, to us stopping a nuclear weapon as it's, like, starting to combust, right? You know, like, impossible. Once you, like, I don't know, I'm not a scientist, slice the atom or whatever happens, right? All of a sudden, it starts this chain reaction that literally nothing in science can stop that from just blowing up. And for us, that image is just kind of reminiscing As me this week as I was praying and thinking because that's a, a serious threat that many of us are fearing right now is nuclear weapons being used during this conflict of Russia or if it expands beyond Ukraine's borders. And so we look for protection. We want to be the protector, but God calls us under that loving wing and it says, do not find your protection with the sword, with the walls. Find it in God's love. Find it in God's love. I mean, apocalyptic literature, you know, where it talks about God coming down and saving God's people in the midst of chaos, its goal is to inspire people to live faithfully. And I heard this week a tragic story, but a story that I think reveals apocalyptic sense. In an 18-year-old from Ukraine. 18-year-old from Ukraine says, no one wants to die, so we're going to go and fight as if we're not going to. And in that moment, I thought to myself, that person named a fear and let go of it and then lived out of that sense of hope. And, and that's the sort of thing that the mother hen can do. Not necessarily going to protect in the way that we think, but it can give you the courage to face your fears as if it doesn't matter. That's what love and, and a sense of call to justice and resilience can do. So we've been talking about letting go and cultivating. And for us, I wonder, what does it mean to learn to let go of this sense to try to control those situations? Or perhaps it's learning to let go of fear. Because Mother Henge certainly doesn't make those chicks feel afraid even though fear might be looming around at all corners. The love is so powerful that the fear is gone. And that's the sort of love that God can give us. That's the sort of peace that God can give us. That when given an opportunity to choose the good versus the bad, which I know is never that simple. Let me reframe it. Perhaps the opportunity to stand for justice even though it might mean you might get, you know, looked down upon by your boss. Or let's put it in children's terms, teaching our kids that it's okay for hard things to happen. It's okay for you to go and to protect the kid that's being bullied if it, you know, means that they might make fun of you too. Right? Right? Because you standing with them is God's call. You going and being with the people that are hurt are broken. That's what God wants us to do. And it might put us in harm's way sometimes. But that loving embrace, that wing will cover us. And harm might come our way. But God's peace, love, joy, no one can take that away. No one can strip that from us because that's something that God gives, the protection that God gives, the love that God gives. So as we cultivate and let go, let us learn to let go of the fears, the anxieties, and even the times when we feel like we got to jump in as Mother Bear (laughs) or Mother Eagle and know that we can't grow in life if we don't learn to fall. How might we learn that and give ourselves grace even for when we fail too? And rest in God's love.